Welcome to the North Rock Church Podcast. For more great content and updates, visit northrockchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Hey, we are starting up a new series that we're, uh, t- we've titled Take Heart. Um, and it comes from some of Jesus' final words as he was heading into Gethsemane and talking to his disciples and helping them realize that things were changing for them. And I titled today's message, Courage for the Climb. Turn to somebody and say, Courage for the Climb. Now, I know if I took a straw poll this morning, the majority of us would say, I, I could use a bit more courage in my life. Like, there can be things that maybe are in the news cycle, things uh, that, that are on Facebook, things that are going on in our country that can cause you to lose a little bit of courage, right? Anybody with me this morning? I hope so. Because this is all I've got. So if this isn't, inter- you know, then that's just the way it's going to be, right? So we're talking about this idea of how is it that we can develop courage. Um, and so, you know, I started thinking about the reality that it's, it's not a static uh, thing, is it? It's like I can have courage for one thing, and then a separate issue, I can have, like, no courage. Does that make sense? Like, it's almost like a sliding scale like a pendulum, and go from, yeah, courageous, to, oh my gosh, I'm scared to death, right? Anybody else with me? So, uh, so really, I hope that as you've joined with us today, that you are here seeking the Lord, who we know is the most courageous one, right? He's the one who gives courage, and he is our courage. But I hope that as we sing songs to him, as we lift up his name, as we shout out in praise to Jesus, that your heart is encouraged, So over the next series, as we kind of go through this Lenten season leading up to the cross at Calvary and uh, the Resurrection Sunday, that we're going to kind of take a peek into John chapters 16, or 15 and 16, and we're going to watch kind of how this unfolded for Jesus. Now, I don't know what you have to climb, but I know you're climbing something. Maybe it's a job situation. Maybe you had to climb out of bed just to be here this morning, Right? I mean, well, apparently we did, but I mean, seriously, like it was hard to get up out of bed. Maybe your climb is a health issue. Maybe, I don't know what your climb is, but I know we've all got them. And I thought it would be, uh, it would be appropriate and helpful to look at Jesus as he's climbing uh, with his disciples heading into Gethsemane. So um, I'm going to pray and then we'll jump into the scriptures. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. We thank you, Lord, that you are the victorious one. And because you're victorious, Lord, we live in your victory. And so we ask you to give us courage, Lord, for us to hear your words, that we would receive them into ourselves. Lord, that we would come with hearts ready to receive your word and to live your word, knowing that that's how you transform us, by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So really what we're going to be focusing on in this series are some of Jesus' last words during his earthly ministry here. And he's kind of taking his disciples and he's walking them through the, the paces of what's going to be coming. Now, I don't know if any of you have spent any time with someone that knew that they were passing away. Those, those final words, those words that they gave you uh, almost can feel like they keep being rehearsed. They keep being said again, right? And that's what's going on in these chapters. It's this idea that Jesus keeps reminding his disciples, saying, hey, guys, be sure to love one another. Feel free to throw in an amen anytime on these, right? That, that you have to keep my commandments. That you, that you have to abide in me. 
that, that you should expect pruning and persecution in your life. That's necessary for me to go away so that the Holy Spirit can come and take his place. <laughs> that the sorrow that you currently have will be turned to joy. Somebody smile at somebody this morning. Can you do that? That in his absence, wondrous answers to the prayers of your heart would be granted. That the master is going into the depths of his own sorrow and suffering. He's still doing the best that he can to comfort his followers, his disciples, right? Good news is that we can live with courage. There are certain things that encourage, and there are certain things that discourage us, right? And so what we want to talk about in this series are the heart issues. It's taking inventory. It's being reminded of what is it that we can put into our lives that brings out courage, right? And first and foremost, primary, and what I'm going to be talking about today, is it's that courage that we get from knowing that the Father loves us just as you are, completely, totally. Don't believe me? Let's look at Jesus' words, right? Let's get some encouragement this morning. That Jesus was taking time to encourage his disciples that there are some things ahead of you that are going to be tough. There are going to be some challenges that you're going to have to face this week. Um, but take courage. John 16, verses 22 through 24, 26 through 28, and 33 is what I've got pieced together here for time uh, constraints. I would encourage you to spend time in both John 15 and 16 through this series and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, okay? But here's kind of the summation of what he's saying to his disciples as he keeps reminding them. He says, so with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again. And you, will, and you will rejoice, and no one will be able to take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Verse 26, he goes on to say, In that day, you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, catch this part. The Father himself loves you because you love me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and I entered into the world and now I'm leaving the world and I'm going back to the Father. And in verse 33, he makes this statement. And this is the final words to his disciples before he is arrested. You guys ready for this one? He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Now there I can get a big amen, right? But he goes on to say, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world, right? So that's what we're seeing play out here. Jesus is getting ready to be arrested. In fact, those are the last words that are recorded in the scriptures before he is taken. And these words given by Jesus are especially precious, knowing that he knew the mountain that he was having to climb. He knew where he was headed. He knew that the cross was before him. And instead of him worrying about that, he spends that time encouraging his disciples to live with courage. Now, a couple of things that stand out from this text that I think will help us as we all try to live with more courage in this world. Uh, the first is that he reminded them that he's given this exhortation because things would be difficult for him. I don't know how it is with you, but when difficult things come into my life, I can sometimes lose courage. 
I can sometimes feel like, okay, God, like that one snuck up and I didn't see that coming. Or, wow, I didn't realize that that was going to happen. Or, wow, that really hurt. I don't know how that was allowed to happen. Anybody else? Right? But Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. And in this world, you may have peace in me. Now, sometimes I want to divorce those two things. I want to be like, when things are good, yay, Jesus. When things are hard, oh my gosh, God, where'd you go? Right? But what this whole passage is telling us is that because he has overcome, because he has victory over even death, that we can choose to be in Jesus in the trouble, in the world. That they're not two completely separate entities. In fact, they're tied together in this, in this text. And he's already told them in, in chapters 14 and 16 that they possess peace and joy as two of the gifts that belong to his followers. Peace and joy. Kind of makes me want to break out in a song if I could sing. Ed's going, dear God, please don't let him sing. <clears throat> but these two, peace and joy are tied together with the struggle and with the conflict that they have in the world. So let me ask you here today, how's your courage this morning? How's your heart? We're going to pause this morning, and we're going to take a little uh, inventory. What's the level of your peace right now? It's rhetorical, yes. How about joy? How's your joyometer, your meter of it today? Is it like off the charts? Bing, 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 bing. I hope so. That's awesome. I hope that's the case. But the good news is that we can can live in peace and joy. And what we're talking about today is having the confidence of the relationship that Jesus so well articulated in the text that we just read That when trouble comes, we know that we can be in Jesus and we can experience peace and joy no matter what the the news cycle is saying, right? Here, let me me try it this way. Let me ask you to take a little test with me. Would you do that for me? Would you guys put up that first image for me? Anybody read anything about this this week? Yeah? You know, uh, there's a coronavirus outbreak, if you haven't heard. Um, it's, it's all around the world. There's all kinds of situations going on. I can tell you, people are losing their minds over this right now. In fact, I would guarantee there are some people that stayed home from church today just because they were afraid somebody was going to give it to them, right? I just read an article that said that surgeons can't even find surgical masks because people are buying them up. Amazon's charging like 300% more than what they actually cost or normally run for because there's such a great fear and such a great charge with the coronavirus. So what am I saying? It's not a threat? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that we can live with peace and joy encourage in the midst of difficulties in this world, right? That we can, we can find a way to take the precautions necessary while still um, living with peace and joy, trusting Jesus for our future, right? Now, our sweet April Bale, I asked her earlier today if we had one of those painting masks because I was going to put that on to kind of say, hey, I expect to be looking at this today, everybody wearing their masks at each other, right? <clears throat> and she was so nice. She said, we don't have any, but I'll make you one out of a 
coffee filter and some string. So, April Bale, you are the best. You did it. It helps. But the reason I wanted to show this is because I, I, I've seen so many of the images, so much fear, been praying about that. And as I was kind of, kind of rehearsing my message, driving here today, I just felt the Holy Spirit prompt and say, you know what, that mask is how we can sometimes be perceived by the world and how we live our lives. Like, hey, how are you doing? Hold on a second. Let me put the mask on. And the purpose of us having confidence is that we would live our ways in such a way that Jesus is lived out in our day-to-day lives and in all that we do. Amen? Let me show you another one. If that one didn't get you, how about this one? Anybody, anybody noticed that graphic this week? Yeah, I see a bunch of, bunch of people looking at a bunch of people in here. Just don't call them out in front of me, okay? Right? So if it's not that, there might be another thing that maybe causes your confidence to be shaken, your courage to be uh, a little bit stirred. But how many of you with, with me would agree that we don't have to react, that we can live with peace in our hearts, and we can allow Jesus to be Lord over all situations. That's what that text was saying. It's no longer that, hey, this Jesus, he's far away, he's up sitting at the right hand of God. He's saying, no, the Holy Spirit is here. He lives in you, and your Father loves you as he loves me. That's what Jesus is encouraging. He says, the way you take courage is to be reminded that Jesus is in the world with you, that he is in the house, he is in our lives, he is in our very beings. So that when hard things come, when troubles occur, when difficulties arise, that we can live with courage. So my encouragement, my exhortation this morning, church, is live with courage. And how do we do that? One, we remind ourselves that our Father loves us. Not just a little bit. Not just when we're good, which for some of us isn't as often as it should be. Could be. All the time. All the time, right? That's what we just read. John 16. It says, you're going to pray to the Father who loves you. And your joy will be complete. Why? Because your Father hears you and he answers. How many of us today are thankful that we can talk to the Father when hard things happen? See, my tendency is to go run to something else. My news cycle, my buddy, my coworker, my whatever. But Father's saying, hey, pray to me. And whatever's heavy, that anxiety you're feeling, that fear that you're feeling, that worry that you're feeling, the, the things that get in our hearts as we walk through this world, I'll take that. And I'll deal with that. And I'll fix that. See, the reality is, when we look at those, I can tell you, it's, like, it's kind of like when you go to the, the grocery store and you're looking for salsas. Anybody else buy salsas by the caseload like me? Right? And you have this one way over here on this side, and it's the mild version, right? And it's like, eh, it's okay. It's just, yeah, it's all right. And over on this end, which is usually where I try to go to, is the further end, and it's like the, the mango habanero or the mango ghost pepper type of stuff, right? That when we see these signs, it's like there's this charge that goes into it. It's like, oh, gosh. And the reality is if we spend too much time looking into that, our fears get stronger, don't they? Our courage diminishes it drops through the floor but when we spend that time instead with the lord being reminded of his love for us and his protection and his covering and his provision and his hope that he has then we can take heart 
Somebody tell somebody this morning, take heart. See, the reality of discipleship is really all about learning to live the scriptures, the promises of God, in the midst of the difficulties and challenges. Now, look at how this works. When we go into our prayer closet, we go into it a lot of times because something drove us there. You know what I'm talking about? Put us on our knees where it's like, oh, God, if you don't move, we're dead. Right? And when we leave, we leave with some of the courage that he imparts to us. The word that Jesus used in 1633, it's the Greek word tharseo, and it's translated courage. See, really, discipleship is learning how to live that out no matter what circumstances come in around us. I've heard it said this way, that it's really not the water outside of the ship that sinks it. It's the water that gets inside the ship. And so we're going to spend some time, church, as we march towards Easter, towards the cross of Calvary, and we're going to deal with those mountains in our hearts and those threats that we see on the outside as well. Because I don't know what your life is like, but I spend less time being afraid of things on the outside than the fear that I live with on the inside. Does that make sense? That, that that's where our confidence is really shaken, and that's where we stop believing that we have a Father who loves us and who gave himself on our behalf. So this word that, 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 that's translated as tharseo is the same word that Jesus used in calming the, the, the waters um, and encouraging his disciples in that Galilean storm. In other words, it's fear not. Now, this is what I know about when people say fear not. Usually when people say don't be afraid, it's because there's something to be afraid of. Right? Isn't that how it works? Like, we all have things that we're afraid of. Now, don't, be af- don't worry about this thing. Don't be afraid of this thing. You know, we've had some people trying to tell us that, right? But here's the point. In the threat, we don't have to react in the same way as those who don't have the hope of Christ. And when we don't react in that same way to that same level, like the habanero, you know, level 10 or ghost pepper 11, right? People see courage and hope. And it gives us opportunity to, to uh, influence them to know that they have a father who loves them. Despite the circumstances, the victory of Jesus, when he says, I have overcome the world, outweighs the jeopardy of this present crisis. Now, I'm going to repeat this for the people in the back because I don't think that they heard it. Despite the circumstances, the victory of Jesus outweighs the jeopardy of our present crisis. Now, you get to name what your crisis is. But the truth from the scripture is that in John 16, notice the contrast that he has. It says, in me, in this world, right, the contrast, peace and trouble, I have overcome. And in him, we have overcome. Jesus, before his death, affirms his final victory. He's walking up to the cross and he says, take heart. I have overcome. Church, the encouragement this morning is simply that. Jesus has overcome. So we can take heart. And doing some of the prep work, uh, reading in Zondervan uh, commentary, 
Adam Barr writes this. He says, throughout the gospel, John emphasizes the special relationship that Jesus has with the Father. He came to represent the Father to us. His mission was defined by the Father. And just as he came from the Father, Jesus was returning to him. Now, in 1627, Jesus tells his disciples that God is their Father. His coming crucifixion would draw them into a special relationship that he enjoys with God. So how do we take heart while in this world? How do we take heart in Jesus in this world? Two ways. One, we proclaim his promises, right? Our minds and our hearts are affected by what we say, what we believe, what we internalize, right? That just because there's threats outside doesn't mean that they have to get inside. And the second thing we do is we practice perseverance, We take heart. We pray. But we don't just pray to some creator that's floating out in those billions of stars and now apparently some dark matter that I didn't know about. (laughs) Thanks, Josh. Now I'm really freaked out. But I loved his encouragement, didn't you? That, That he is the one who created all matter. Right? All the stars. He knows them by name. He knows us by name. That we can take heart. We can pray courageously. And so we're going to take some time in our service today. And uh, as I get ready to close here, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And I'm going to give us a chance to practice it. To take whatever it is that we carried in here that was hanging on us. Anxiety, fear, worry, concerns, anger, frustration. All the things that discourage. And we're going to lay them before the Lord and allow him to encourage. Psalm 27, verse 13 through 14 says this. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And here's that word again. Take heart. Take heart and wait for the Lord. Jesus' final words in this discourse in verse 33, which is what we're building this whole series around. We're going to take some emotional health inventories when we look at what Jesus was processing as he was going to the cross, contained a message of comfort. The Bible says that, that the Holy Spirit is our comforter, right? That we can live with joy and peace in the midst of all kinds of animosity in this world. Peace is possible. Not because we have it figured out, not because of anything that we can do but because Jesus has given victory over it. I want you to just take a moment as the worship team begins to play, and I want you to capture in your, your own mind's eye what's been stressing you out? What's, what's been causing fear to rise? What's caused a diminishing of the courage for something that the Lord's already spoken to you? And would you, as much as you know how to this morning, would you picture yourself as that beloved disciple, as the one who is loved the way that God loved Jesus? That's what we just read, church. That you are his delight and that your father is awaiting for you to bring those concerns, that he would carry them for you. And then would you pray? Would you pray bold prayers as we move into this next season? I don't know what you're climbing out of, I don't know what we're climbing out of, but I know that the Holy Spirit will give us the courage to climb. 
So, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we ask you to guide us, to lead us, to help us to overcome. And, Father, I know from my own life, I spend a lot of time praying against the mountains that I run into in this world. But, Lord, we know that the mountains serve a purpose, and the purpose is that we would turn to you as our Father, that we would drill down with you, and that we would find courage in you. So, Lord, for those mountains that are on the outside, those obstacles that we come against, Lord, we claim victory in Jesus' name. For those ones that are inside, Lord, we claim victory in Jesus' name. And we, we abide in you by taking courage and choosing peace and joy in the midst of trials. Would you take just a few moments? Would you just lift up as loud as your own voice can hear the concerns that you're carrying today? And would you ask the victorious one to move in those? I know what it's like. We can lose heart as we see and carry and follow all the news feeds. But we don't have to turn, we don't have to stop there. We can carry it in to our prayer closet and we can walk out victorious. Father, I pray for health issues in this place. Pray for your victory. Father, I pray for those that are struggling financially. Lord, I pray for victory. Father, but most of all, no matter what the issue is, no matter what the challenge that we're facing is, I pray that we would know you with the level of intimacy that Jesus describes in John 16. That as he and the Father are one, we are one with the Father by his Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. We've taken some time in the service today to look at some of, maybe some of the larger scary things. But as we were praying just now, I felt the Holy Spirit just prompt me to remind us that if it's a concern to you, it's a concern for him. And no matter how trivial or how small or how uh, selfish it can feel sometimes, that God cares about those issues. And the thought that I had in my mind was, if, if you ever want to know where your courage level is, start driving with someone with a graduated um, driver's license permit. <laughs> find myself praying a lot more these days. She's doing great, by the way. But it's those things, right? See, that's what I'm trying to reinforce in this message, is the courage isn't that there are no threats. The courage is the one who has victory over all things is in the car with you. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Hey, uh, maybe you're here and this is your first time, or maybe you're sitting today and you're going, Pastor Chad, uh, I'm encouraged by being here and worshiping the Lord, but as I stand here today, I don't know that I have a relationship with this Jesus that you're talking about. So part of what we do as a community is we pray a, a very specific prayer every single week to be reminded that, one, when we come to Christ, we don't come to Christ alone. We come to Christ in a body, his body, and we pray it together. So that whether this is your first time or your 50th time, let's pray it like it's our first. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and that you rose from the grave three days later. I receive forgiveness for every failure and sin in my life and give to you the right to direct my life from this day forward. I dedicate myself to learn the scripture, living in fellowship with God's people, and following you in water baptism. 
In Jesus' name, we pray and we trust. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Hey, thank you for being here this morning. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to meet you. We've got a gift to help you get started in this journey with Jesus. But this is the other thing. Two things I want to send you out with. One, go pray bold prayers this week. Can we do that? Can we take courage together? Can we take heart together? And then if you have any need for prayer for any part of your life, we want to bring that before the one who is victorious. So we'd love to pray with you before you leave, all right? God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for being here at North Rock. We love you. Church Podcast. For more information about our church and upcoming events, check us out at northrockchurch.com or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram.